Hey everyone, welcome. So glad that you're here. Happy Wednesday and uh, it is Holy Week and so glad to uh, have you join me today for my uh, weekly devotional called Straight from the Heart. Uh, my name is Steve Childs. I'm the senior pastor at Chartel Church of God and I want to welcome uh, all of you who are coming online to, to join with me that. As you come on, uh, please be sure to put your name in the comments. Let me know that you're with me today and I uh, always love to give a shout out to my friends. Thanks for, thanks for joining me, whether you are local here in Oklahoma City or whether you are tuning in from cross country. Uh, glad that you are joining in today. Hey, I, I, I saw a great quote. It is Holy Week, and my, my good friend Danny Piner uh, from down in Tennessee had a great quote on his, his post today. said that uh, God's not really as interested in a holy week as he is in a holy life. And I just thought that was such a great quote that even though this is the Passion Week that we remember Jesus and who he is and what he did, uh, that God wants us to remember him all year long. And that is so true. Thanks for that, Danny. I appreciate you, buddy. And, um, and as we get ready to head in, before I get to my, uh, my talk today, uh, for those of you, especially local, I want to just kind of give you a heads up for a few things that are happening. Uh, tonight at 6.30, we are having a joint worship service with uh, Centro Cristiano uh, in Chartel, the Hispanic work that meets here uh, at our church every Sunday. And uh, it's going to be just a great time together. Uh, we are going to live stream that for those of you who want to join in that uh, would want to join us online. Uh, we're going to be having a joint worship. We're going to be doing communion together and then also a baptism. And it's just going to be a fun night tonight uh, as we celebrate uh, together a great service of unity. So, uh, again, hope you can be here. But if not, join us online for that. That'll be at 630. Um, also, this coming weekend, uh, for those of you in the Oklahoma City area, what a spectacular weekend. We're going to be having, on Saturday, we're having a carnival from 11 to 2. Uh, There's going to be a great carnival for kids uh, up through grade school, all the way up through grade school. We're going to have several, like uh, 12 different uh, station carnival kind of games that they can play from game times, inflatable, different things that kids can do that'll be a, just a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to have our cotton candy, the cotton candy machine is going to be out. We're going to be giving cotton candy away. Uh, there's going to be a, a photo opportunity with the Easter Bunny, all that kind of fun stuff. There's going to be Chick-fil-A sandwiches and, uh, and bottled water. And just want to invite particularly all of you in the Oklahoma City area that want to join us for that. Uh, it's going to be outside. It's supposed to be 75 degrees on Saturday. It's supposed to be a beautiful day. So you can bring your lounge chairs. We'll have the cornhole game going, all that kinds of fun stuff. And hope that you'll come out. Uh, it's all our gift to you and the community. And for those of you local, please, please, please don't just come by yourself. Bring some neighbors, bring some family, bring some friends. We're going to have uh, every kid who comes is going to be given an Easter basket and uh, have a chance to have a, a photo taken, all that kinds of fun stuff. And just great, great time together. So uh, please join us for that on Saturday from 11 to 2. And then on Sunday, I'm going to be wrapping up my series uh, that I've been doing on Faces of Hope uh, with a message called Miraculous Hope. And uh, we're going to be celebrating the resurrection of Christ on Sunday. And we're going to be sharing about the fact that Christ's resurrection gives us incredible hope for whatever we're facing in our life. And uh, that same miraculous power that Christ demonstrated in his own resurrection is not just for him, it's for us. And I'm going to be sharing a story of Jairus and his daughter and how Jesus, before he ever was resurrected himself, demonstrated what he could do uh, for a man whose daughter 
had died. So you're not going to want to miss that. Again, hope you'll join us either online or in person at uh, 9 o'clock and 1030 Central Time here in Oklahoma City. So great weekend. I hope your Easter week is off and going well. It is crazy busy around here with everybody getting baskets ready and all that kind of stuff. It's nuts. But I want to I want to I want to talk today, actually today and next week as we're has been blazering in on uh, the names of God. Um, I talked about, uh, kind of did an introduction, then talked about God as our Father. And then the uh, last couple weeks, I had talked about that He is Jehovah Jireh, uh, Lord God, oh no, excuse me, uh, El Shaddai, Lord God Almighty, and uh, the All Sufficient One. And we talked about what that meant. Today and next week, I, I want to talk about a name that God revealed uh, as who He is, and one that I think will be just a great blessing to everyone. And that is that he is our Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals us. And um, I want to talk about that. I'm going to break it into two parts. And I, I want to do this. It, it's kind of going to feel a little bit backwards. But I, I want to talk about all of the ways that God can heal in us. So whatever your need for healing today, I want to talk about what God can actually do for you in your life. And then next week. I want to talk about, I want, I want to share the story of where that name came from. And, and I want to talk about something that when it hit me, I, I just thought it was really significant. And that is how we sometimes participate or need to participate with God in the healing work that he wants to do. Listen very carefully to what I'm going to say. There is healing that God does uh, sometimes in spite of us. Uh, sometimes without any involvement from us. But there is healing that God does only when we participate with him. And next week, I want to talk about that because I think when we're talking about wanting God to heal in so many different aspects of our lives, uh, it's really important to keep in mind that sometimes God needs us to participate with him in that. Um, but today, I, I want to just take a step back, and I want to, I want to look at uh, particularly what God is offering to us when he says that he is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals us. You know, when you, you look in the Old Testament, there were instances of healing. Um, there were different things that you could see. But in the New Testament, with the coming of Jesus, and remembering again, Jesus was God in the flesh. Um, you know, we're, we're reminded in Scripture that uh, he was the full manifestation of God. He, he, he was God himself in the flesh. And when you really look at it, Jesus, uh, when his ministry here on earth, healing was the most prolific part of the ministry that Jesus had. I mean, everywhere you go, you see Jesus did all kinds of miracles. He, he quieted a storm. Uh, you know, he walked on water. He turned water into wine. You know, he did, he did a lot of those kinds of things. Um, but everywhere he went, Jesus was healing. And again, that's where we get to begin to see that, you know, this God who has been uh, looked at as the great physician, um, you know, healing really is so much a part of who God is and what he wants to do in our lives. And I, and I want this to bring great hope for you because what Jesus did for so many, he can do for us. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So that means whatever he did while he was here on earth, he can still do now through the power of 
of his Holy Spirit. So let me just talk about, let me just unpack a few of these just to, just to give you the, the parameters of that. Um, first of all, it, it was obvious that Jesus healed people uh, physically. You know, Jesus healed people physically. Um, you know, when you read through the, the, the scriptures, you find out, you know, Jesus healed people who were lame. Uh, Jesus healed people who were blind. Jesus healed people who had leprosy. Uh, Jesus healed people who had, uh, you know, had a fever. Uh, Jesus healed people who had seizures. Um, you know, there was no type of physical barrier there that Jesus couldn't heal. In fact, when you read in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 24, here's what it says. It says, the news spread as far as Syria, and people began bringing to him all who were sick. And whatever their sickness or disease, or if they were demon-possessed or epileptic or paralyzed, listen to what it says, he healed them all. Let me say that again. He healed them all. In other words, there was no, no kind of healing that people needed that Jesus couldn't perform on them. Now, I'm sure that if, if we were to take just a few moments and, and we were to just kind of talk you know, back and forth, there would be many of you who could share you know, your own stories of healing. And, and I've shared some of mine before. I, again, one of my earliest uh, remembrances of how this power of God became so profound to me was when I was a kid and uh, had severe ear infections. And uh, I was going to be taken to the hospital to, to have surgery done. And the doctor on Friday looked at my ears and their, you know, how bad they were and said, you know, bring him in on Monday. Uh, we'll do one final, uh, some final tests before we take him over to the hospital and to do surgery. And that Sunday night, um, you know, the doctor, yeah, that Sunday night, uh, my parents brought me down front at church and uh, people gathered around me and they prayed over me. And all I can tell you was, you know, I didn't feel some magic thing, but I just felt this overwhelming warmth and sense of peace. And, um, and, you know, they said, amen. The next day, my mom took me to the doctor and I still remember old Dr. Gerson looking in one ear, you know, and, and going, hmm, and then looking in the other ear and going, hmm, and back and forth. And my mom was like freaking out and like, you know, we, what's wrong? What's wrong? And the doctor said, well, that's the problem. Nothing. He said, Mrs. Childs, I don't understand this. On Friday, your son's infections were raging out of control. And to, today, I can't see anything. You can see, you know, that there has been damage done, but you know, there's no evidence of infection here at all. And I, again, I was like fourth grade. I looked up and I said, well, they prayed for me last night in church. And I can still remember old Dr. Gerson just patting my head and said, well, Steve, you tell him to keep on praying because this is a miracle. And uh, again, I could, I could introduce you to people that I've met across the years, people that have been healed from cancer, people who have been healed uh, of, 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 of uh, things like uh, uh, heart disease, uh, people who have suffered with different things and they cried out to God and they were healed. Now, I want you to look at me for a second because I, I just need, to, I need to, you to hear my heart with this. Um, one of the things we don't understand is why God doesn't always heal. Uh, we don't, you know, God doesn't always respond in the ways that we want him to. And sometimes God doesn't do what we, what we're asking of him. And uh, I always tell people this when we talk about, you know, God's ability to heal. Look at me, hear what I'm about to say. Everybody dies. Can I say that again? Everybody dies. Um, and when we talk about divine healing, one of the things we have to keep in mind is that death is the cycle of life. No one physically lives forever. Everyone, great people, 
people of faith, people, great people of faith like Billy Graham, you know, other great saints, they all die. Every single person dies. So, and death, when you are a Christian, death is the final healing because that's the time when the Bible says that we go to this place where there is no more death, there is no more crying, there is no more pain. And, and that is the complete healing that we all know. But, but even with that, there are moments when God intervenes in our human experience and he touches us physically for healing. Now, just look at me. just want you to hear my heart. If you're suffering today, if you're dealing with something physically, I want you to know it is okay to cry out to your heavenly father because your heavenly father is Jehovah Rapha, the God who can heal that body no matter what's going on. Amen? Amen. Jesus also can heal emotionally. And this is one of the things that I've seen that has been remarkable to me. Um, you know, there was a story in Mark chapter 5, that I, a story that actually I shared in the sermon a couple weeks ago. It's about a guy who was described as being possessed of demons. And if you remember the story of Mark 5, Jesus comes and this guy throws himself at Jesus' feet and, um, and they, the people recognize this guy had raged out of control. He lived out among the tombs. Uh, he cut himself with rocks and, and people tried to bind him and he couldn't. You know, he was just kind of a wild man. And, and they described him as being demon-possessed and, and he could very well have been possessed by, you know, demons from the enemy. I, I'm not saying that. But what we do know also about that region, and I shared this a little bit in my message, is that the area that Jesus was at, it was a Gentile area, and it was an area known historically to have served the god Moloch, and a part of their rituals that they were often uh, hurt or, or, or offer children, either hurt them and bleed them or offer them as sacrifices and kill them for their god, to appease their god. And again, if you can imagine growing up in an environment where you were always living under that threat of being killed, you can imagine the emotional trauma that must have happened and, and how many people in that region developed mental illness. And for this guy, he could have very, very easily suffered from a multiple personality disorder or a DID is what we would call it today, a, a, a dissociative identity disorder. And, and to where, and again, I am legion, I am many, and there's, there's all these people living in me. And it's, it's how we survive emotionally. And, and yet what you see to this guy, whether there were demons from hell or whether he suffered from multiple personality disorder, what was amazing was Jesus' ability to heal him. And in fact, the people in that region, when they came, it said, and soon a crowd gathered around Jesus and they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. Now listen to the description. And he was sitting there fully clothed and perfectly sane. Now, why is this so important? Well, it's important because there are some of us that our, our need for healing isn't so much physically as it is emotionally. There are uh, some of us who, who struggle with depression. There are some of us who struggle with mental illness. There are some of us who, who battle other kinds of disorders, uh, whether it be borderline personality or bipolar disorder or whatever, whatever the struggle may be. So much of that has been caused by the trauma of our past. And God has this beautiful ability to heal. I'll, I'll never forget, many years ago, uh, a woman who came to our church, 
And I'll never forget when I, for the first time I saw her, she came in, she kind of slipped in the back door. Uh, she had a, a hood, a dark sweatshirt with the hood kind of pulled up over her head. It was like she didn't want to be seen. And she kind of sat down, um, just kind of hiding from everybody and sat there through the service. And um, she kept coming. Uh, she stayed through the service, came back the next week. And we got to know her, got to know a little bit about her. And, um, and, and what I discovered eventually was this gal had been just horribly, horribly physically, emotionally, and sexually abused. Um, her, her growing up years were just horrific. And as, as we got to know her story, a lot of things about her began to make sense. But here was the cool part. I watched God do an incredible work in her life. Uh, a woman who who suffered from uh, DID, a woman who suffered from a lot of different kinds of effects of her trauma, um, and watched how God healed her. And like like a flower, best way I can describe it, it was like a flower blooming to life, and God worked in her to where she became such a vibrant part of our ministry and served in ministry and is still uh, just going strong uh, back in where, where she's at now. And uh, it, it was just such an amazing thing. And again and again and again, I've watched God work with people because many, many of us have, have come out of homes where our families were alcoholics or they were abusive or there were things that happened to us that have left these emotional scars. Now, just look at me. I don't know what your scarring is. Don't know what you might struggle with, but here's what I know. Our God is Jehovah Rapha. And the same God who made your body made your emotions. And he can heal those emotions. And it's okay for you to come to him and say, Abba, Father, I, I need you to touch not just my body, but my damaged emotions. And, and God can do a healing work in you. Can I give you another one? God also in his healing, I believe, really wants to heal us relationally. He wants to heal us relationally. Um, Ephesians describes Jesus as the one who can tear down the dividing walls of hostility. And, and he really can. In fact, I, I, again, I was, I was doing a message a few weeks ago. And I was talking about the guy who had leprosy. And one of the things we don't catch in that story is the fact that the, the real deep healing that Jesus wanted to do in this guy's life wasn't just being cured of the skin disease that he had of leprosy. It was Jesus wanting to restore this guy socially because as a leper, he was an outcast. He lived in isolation outside the city. He has no idea how long it had been since he had ever been in a face-to-face -face conversation with someone who really cared about him. The guy throws himself down in front of Jesus. And what you see there is just absolutely amazing. As you see this guy cry out for Jesus to heal him. And the Bible said Jesus touched him. And now again, we read that and we just kind of blow right through it. But what we forget is this guy was, he was ceremonially unclean. Uh, and for Jesus to touch him, Jesus was literally defiling himself by touching this guy. But Jesus knew how badly this guy needed human touch again. And Jesus touched him. And then when you read the passage of scripture, here's what Jesus says to the guy. And I want you to listen to this. He says, 
don't go, don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you and take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. And this will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. Now, why this was so important is that Jesus wasn't just trying to rid this guy of a skin disease. He was trying to restore him socially to his family to his church and to the people in the community. Jesus was trying to tear down those walls. Now, again, hear my heart. Now, next week when I come back to this topic again and I talk about our participation in it, uh, this participation in it, this will be one of the pieces I talk about. But the fact of the matter is, God can work healing in your relationships. Doesn't matter if you're a husband and wife, doesn't matter if you're a parent and child, doesn't matter if you are friends, doesn't matter if it's people in your church or, or someone in your community. Jesus can work healing in us relationally if we give him those broken pieces. I'll never forget it. I read a, I read a story of a, of a young man who talked about growing up with a, a father who was just always very angry and, and mean. And, and uh, as soon as he was an adult, he got kind of as far away from his dad as he could and uh, through the years had very little contact and then one Christmas, um, his mother had invited him home and he didn't really want to go, but he just really felt kind of nudged by God that he needed to take this step and he, and he went. And it was just a remarkable story of this young man realizing just how miserable his father was and walking in the room where his father was sitting and just going up to him and just telling his father how much he loved him. And his father going to tears and hugging him and confessing to him, I've not really been a good father to you. And, and just watching the work that God did in their lives between them. And uh, all because this young man took a step of faith, listened to God, God was able to work. Now just hear my heart. It, too, it takes two people, both surrendered to God, for God to really do a, re a reconciliation work between them. But when two people are willing and they bring those broken pieces to God, there's no limit to the healing God can do. And I say that to you because some of you, I know, some of you are at odds with some people. And, and we have to always remember that our relationships with each other are just as important to God as our relationship to him. When Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? He said, it's to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And he said, and the second is equally important. And that's that you love your neighbor as you love yourself. And some of us think that it's okay for us just to have this vertical relationship with God without this horizontal relationship with others. And you know what? It's not so. You know, God wants to bring healing to that for us to have wholeness. Okay? Last thing I would mention to you is that Jesus healed people spiritually. Jesus healed people spiritually. This past Sunday, I, I did the story of, of Zacchaeus, uh, who was a chief tax collector, and how despised he was. And when Jesus came through town, you remember the story, Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. And, you know, he climbs up in a sycamore tree to see Jesus. And when Jesus walked by, Jesus calls him by name. Zacchaeus, come on down, bud. I got to go to your house today. And when Jesus goes to his house, I mean, people, some of the religious people really upset and said, man, what's he doing? He went to be, you know, went to the home of this, you know, this 
infamous sinner, you know. And Jesus, as, as Zacchaeus, uh, surrenders himself and says, you know what, Lord, and I've been greedy. I, I'll, I'm going to give half I have out of what I've owned to the poor, and I'm going to pay back people four times whatever I've taken from them. And Jesus talks about how salvation has come to his house. And then Jesus makes the statement at the end, in, in verse 10 of chapter 19 of Luke. He says, for the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Now, what's really cool is that word save is, is the, from the word sozo in the Greek. And sozo is a, is a word that um, it can mean rescue, um, it can mean to, to deliver, um, but it's also a word that can mean to heal. In fact, it's used in several places, it's translated as the word to heal. And we don't really think of it that way, but, but what Jesus was doing, he, he, he wasn't necessarily healing Zacchaeus physically, and he wasn't necessarily healing him emotionally and maybe somewhat he was healing him socially <coughs> but he was really healing him spiritually and that's what God can do for us now look at me hear my heart for you or for someone you know it doesn't matter who you are it doesn't matter what you've done it doesn't matter how far from God you may have strayed there is no darkness in your life that you could have brought in that the light of God can't drive out. God can heal you of that. <clears throat> God can deliver you and rescue you no matter how lost you have become. I always think of the, of, of the Apostle Paul and what he wrote to Timothy when uh, you know, Paul was a persecutor of Christians and he put Christians to death before he, be, he got saved and came to Christ. And, he writes to Timothy and he said, this is a trustworthy saying and everyone should accept it. Christ came into the world to save sinners and I am the worst of them all. Some years back, I, I, I watched a video. It was an interview of uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, who was the uh, serial killer in prison. And... Um, you know, he committed these heinous crimes. And yet there was a, a pastor who reached out to him, who just God laid him on his heart, and he began to develop a relationship with Jeffrey Dahmer. And, and you know, Jeffrey Dahmer had this very skewed idea. He, you know, he was an atheist, didn't believe in God, and if there's no God, then I get to be God of my world. And, and in that interview, he began to talk about how this pastor, you know, sharing uh, the story of Jesus and all really touched his heart and how he came to believe not only that there was a God, but that Jesus was God in the flesh. And in the interview, Jeffrey Dahmer talks about coming to Christ and, um, and, and giving his heart and life to Christ. And this pastor baptized him in prison. And uh, sometime later, Jeffrey Dahmer was, was killed in prison and never, we never got to hear more of that story. But I remember watching that and, and thinking to myself, can, can God really save a man like Jeffrey Dahmer? Do I really believe that God's grace is so big that it can atone for someone who killed all of these people in horrific ways? Well, he did it for Paul. You know, Saul was partner to putting Stephen to death and who knows how many others before 
Christ confronted him and broke his heart, and he came to become not just a great preacher and a great church planter, but the writer of so much of our New Testament with God's leading. And if God can do that for Paul, and God can do that for Jeffrey Dahmer, then God can do that for you. And he can do that for anyone you know. Please hear my heart, and I'll say it again. There is no one who is too far for the long arm of God to reach. There is no person too far gone that God can't save. Our God is a healer, and he can heal us completely, physically, emotionally, relationally, and spiritually. I don't know what kind of healing you need from God today, um, but I want to take just a moment and pray that God would meet you today at your point of need. Can I do that? Father, I thank you this, today for this uh, chance to share with my friends. I, I thank you for, Lord, the way that you have revealed yourself as Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals us. And uh, Lord, today, I, I pray for every person watching live. I pray for every person who's going to watch this video later. That, Lord, that you would speak to their heart. You know where we need healing deep in our lives. And, Lord, for those who need physical healing, would you touch their bodies and would you make them whole? Lord, for those who need emotional healing, who need maybe, Lord, you to touch the, the scar tissue of the past. Lord, you're the only one who can reach deep into our heart. You are the God not only of today, but of tomorrow and of yesterday. So you can reach into that past. You can reach into our souls where that scar tissue is and, and touch it and bring healing to that. And I pray for those who need healing, God, that today you would give that to them. I pray for those who need relational healing today. For those who find themselves today at odds with their spouse or their kids or, or some, a friend or someone else. And, and, and Lord, it breaks your heart when, when we develop walls between us. And Lord Jesus, you can tear down every dividing wall of hostility. You can bring healing to our lives relationally. So draw near. Give us wisdom and discernment. Break both hearts so that you can do some mending work, I pray. And Father, I pray for all who need healing spiritually. For any person watching this and for all of us, Lord, who have people in our lives who are far, far from you. Today, Lord, we believe you can touch them right where they are. That no matter where they've been, what they've done, or how long they've been there, you can redeem them. Uh, I just love, Lord, 1 John 1, 3. It says, oh, what love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. And that's who we really are. And Father, you can take those like Paul who were enemies of yours and call them sons and daughters of God. Lord, pour out your healing upon us today, I pray, in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for, for joining with me today. If this has blessed you at all, please feel free to share this on Facebook. Uh, any of you who would like a copy of my notes, just uh, message me or put it in the comments. I'll be happy to send those to you. Don't forget, hey, this is Easter week, and I hope either online or in person, you will be in church somewhere this Sunday. We'd love to have you join us. We're at 9 o'clock and 1030 Central Time, and you can watch us at Chartail Church uh, on our Facebook page, or you can go to chartailchurch.org and watch us as we live stream it uh, there uh, from our website. And uh, if you'd like to download our app, we have a, the Chartail Church of God app. 
app. You can download that and you can have access to my daily devotionals or the messages I do on Wednesday or, or Sunday. We live stream it. All that goes on in our app. If you'd like to download that, please feel free to go to uh, at the, Apple, the App Store or to Google Play and you can download those things. Hey, I love you guys so much. If there's ever any way that I can pray for you or be of help to you, please be sure to let me know. Next week, I'll be back. I'm going to finish this on Jehovah Rapha. I'm going to talk about where that name Jehovah Rapha came from and how you and I can partner with God in the healing work that he wants to do. I love you guys. We'll see you soon. God bless. Bye.